0: Hello everybody and welcome to The Big Review Ski. My name is owen Hardy and happy Christmas. We're allowed to say it now because it is technically December. I hope you're listening to this in December. Um, Yeah, I hope you've got a good Christmas coming up. We'll see what the crack is anyway. Um, this is a wee treat for you though, first of all. Coming out in cinemas on Friday the 4th of December is a brand new documentary about none other than Shane McGowan. Um, the new film is called Crock of Gold, A Few Rounds with Shane McGowan, and I imagine if you did actually attempt to go a few rounds with Shane McGowan, um, yeah, well, you're obviously not going to last as long as him in any way whatsoever. Um, he's now in his 60s, uh, not going quite as strong as he used to be, but this film is looking back at his amazing career to date, Uh, the people that love him, the people that worship him, the people that were inspired by him, and also taking a really close look at his Irish upbringing because although he was born in England uh, he spent a lot of his childhood in County Tipperary and that had such a huge influence on him and his thinking and he really considered himself and I think just considered by other people just like one of the great kind of Irish poets and uh, like kind of in the same kind of witty uh, tradition as some of Ireland's greatest writers as well. Um, he is, of course, uh, the lead singer uh, for his best known band was, was the Pogues. Uh, the Celtic punk band, and obviously they're incredible. We're coming into Christmas, so Fairy Tale of New York is a stable. I actually heard it on the radio for the first time this morning, so that's another reason it's officially Christmas. Um, the new documentary is excellent, obviously worth checking out if you are a fan of Shane McGowan and the Pogues, but also just if you're a fan of music documentaries in general, because this is a really uh, particularly excellent one in how they recreate. Uh, Shane McGowan's (laughs) childhood and some of the uh, quite unbelievable stories uh, that he has to tell. Um, It's directed by a guy called Julian Temple, and you may not know the name, but he's made uh, some of the greatest music documentaries of all time. And as well as that, has also directed the music videos for bands like the Rolling Stones and the Kinks, Neil Young and Whitney Houston, and a personal favourite of mine, Mr. Kenny Rogers, and he also directed the video for Brian Adams, is um, Everything I Do, I Do For You, the song, which I think is still at number one in the charts at the moment. Um, so we have great pedigree in terms of Julian Temple. You've got uh, some brilliant guests talking to and talking about uh, Shane McGowan as well. And uh, yeah, so it's hitting cinemas friday the 4th of december uh, i'm sure it'll be available to watch on demand as well so uh, please sit back relax get your santa hat on pour yourself a glass of mulled wine unless you're driving if you're driving pull over and pour yourself find some mulled wine and then pour yourself a glass of that and uh, enjoy my chat with julian temple happy christmas
1: he went away
0: you're
1: up and he didn't come back not the shame that i ever knew and then doctors told me that he had six months to live. If I really wanted to die, I'd be dead already. Well, I'm delighted to announce the special lifetime achievement award to Shimaga. Your songs broadened our sense of ourselves. Redemption, sorrow, the ordinary person's story. You were pretty clean up, knew you're so. you were certainly... content with what you've achieved? No, I wanted two more. <laughs> Actually, we're better when we're sober, but it's not as much fun,
0: so we get drunk. Hello, Mr. Julian Temple. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Thank you very much. Um, My name is Owen, first of all. Thanks a million for taking the time today to chat to me. Congratulations on the documentary. I had a chance to watch it last night. And uh, I feel like I've got a hangover today, but like, you know, one of those good ones when you know you've had a good night out the night before. That's um, a good
1: way of describing it. I like that idea that, you know, film could, could give you a hangover. Um, that's what we should aim for, really. Um, great, I stayed with you. That's good news.
0: Brilliant. Oh, definitely. And, and I mean that, like, uh, in terms of the, the mixture of the different styles in the documentary, obviously the, the animation and the various interviews and the audio and the visual cut together. No, it's a, it's a, it was a very enjoyable and uh, enlightening experience. So thanks for that.
1: Oh, good. I'm oh, great.
0: Um, I was wondering, can you remember the first time that you personally met Shane McGowan? Uh,
1: well, it was in, in the clubs in the punk time in London. Um, uh, I was the first person to do an interview with him, which is in the film, actually. Um, the um, bit where he's got the peroxide hair, which you all had to do as a as a kind of, baptism ritual, becoming a punk, you put the bleach on your head um, so that was early on in 76 where, he, where he's talking about the um, by, uh, sniffing glue being like the financial times so that um, that's my I mean I, I filmed him a lot in the, uh, because when Sid Vicious was uh, elevated from the crowd into the band um, there was a vacancy in the mosh pit in the in the theatre of the audience and and Shane in a way filled that you know your camera would find people in the crowd and move on but they would always gravitate back to Shane in the front row after Sid had left the crowd uh, he was just so you just saw the sense of him you know feeding off the the energy and the the kind of power of the the moment coming off the stage you know um so I definitely, you know, I remember filming him, and you know, many, many times.
0: Yeah, I love that old early footage because I hadn't seen uh, pretty much any of that before, and no, yeah,
1: it's never been, never been seen that stuff of Shane. Um, so, <clears throat> yeah, interesting.
0: Yeah, no, it's amazing because it's like one of those whenever you get somebody in Hollywood or something, they're like, before they were famous and you see them when they were younger. And it's just, it's, it's nuts to see him kind of, as you said, in the mosh, but like jumping around uh, at the front of those gigs as well. But no, it's it's incredible footage.
1: After that, it became more depressing. So I didn't really see him till, till they asked me to do the film, really. I mean, I saw him a few places, a few times. I saw gigs. I saw a wonderful gig where a guy threw a bottle of whiskey at the stage And it landed in shane's pocket for example that that was
0: miraculous the
1: crowd were all going miracle miracle miracle." if
0: someone had got that on camera that would have been amazing (laughs) yeah he had a big old
1: coat and it just went bang into his pocket so yeah you know I've, i've i've loved the pokes followed the pokes music but i wasn't um i wasn't you know seeing shane regularly um
0: and in terms of making the documentary for the updated uh, parts of the, that, that we see in the film, in terms yeah. of him sitting and, and listening to uh, the audio of his old interviews as well and talking to his friends, uh, when, when was that all taking place and how was that experience for you? Because I, I love the way, you know, his reaction to certain things. Um, and then you hear people in the background laughing as well, which is, which is just a lovely natural reaction from those around him.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, you know, obviously, Shane is renowned for being difficult and not liking interviews and being capable of being very aggressive, abusive, which does, you know, give the film a certain um, certain sense of, you know, you don't know whether the film's going to capsize at a certain point um, and, and, you know, all aboard are lost. Um, and it's a matter of you know trying to keep it on course uh, to an extent but that forces you to be more inventive you know the fact that he wouldn't want didn't want quite right he you know if he doesn't want to do it doesn't want to do it i suppose an interview with us made us have to come up with more inventive ways of of uh, like finding you know, micro cassettes in people's attics all over Europe um with little fragments from you know Stockholm in in 1987 you know in the middle of the morning before in the morning in the bar you know, these little flashes of genius and kind of almost inaudible sound but that's part of the fun of it um so that was one aspect and then you know rather than straightforward uh talking head interviews to to set up situations where he could get lost in conversations with people he um he got on with, or not, um, uh, you know, made it um, made it a, a more interesting film. I think the, the fact that he's he's Shane McGowan, he's not anyone else. it's not going to be easy, but it's definitely worth it if you can find a way of of cracking cracking it. You know,
0: definitely. I I mentioned to a friend uh, who I know was a fan of the Pogues, big fan of the Pogues, and. I said, "Oh, I'm getting a chance to to have a look at the new documentary that's coming out," and he was very excited. And he said he remembered going to see the Pogues, um, or well, going to see Shane McGowan in the late '90s, and he sneaked in using a fake ID because he was too young at the time. <laughs> and he ended up watching, he said Shane McGowan was puking uh, on stage and for 90 minutes straight drank a pint of neat vodka and then he rounded it off. He was just like, it was a fucking amazing gig. He absolutely loved it. So it's that, that kind of dual <laughs> thing is like when he describes it, it's like, how oh, was that good in any way? And then he said he just had an absolute ball at the gig because of Shane McGowan. So what is yeah. that that kind of appeal of, of the man and his, and his music, do you think, that, that just connects with people like that?
1: I think there's a, there, you, you know, a deep sense of it is he's he's very honest about uh, things. On another level, he isn't, but at the core of him, I think there is, um, you know, a, a real sense of connection through his, the honesty with which he's transmitted at times, um, his experience, his world experience, his life experience in the kind of strange cauldron of being a Londoner and being so passionately proud of being an irishman the contradictions of being a public school boy and a street punk uh you know these things are what form shane mcgowan and and i think everyone has a sense of him warts and all that you need to respect in this film you can't kind of whitewash a guy you know you you can't demonize him you can't make it a hagiography of him Uh, these things aren't possible with shane there has to be an honesty about it or is, is, is going to miss Shane McGowan. Not to say that he you know aspects of him are like every other rock star. You know it's a, it's a deforming process that people go through so you know there are many facets to him. I just wanted to try and find them and show them as many as we could and um, not make a kind of pejorative call on them or certainly not tell people what to think. You know the, the idea was that make your own mind up it's 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 this is Shane McGowan I'm I'm not having other people tell you what to think about him um it's up to you you know um
0: yeah I was wondering if there's any because obviously so many people over the years have have said what what Shane McGowan and his music means to them and what they like about them but you haven't interviewed him back so early uh in his career and then also obviously much more recently I wonder for you personally I know you're saying, obviously, you know, you were hoping to capture the different facets of the man, which definitely comes across in the documentary. But is there any particular trait for you personally that you <laughs> that is a particular favorite of his? Uh, that that you've just kind of you know come to like over the years from from knowing him.
1: What I didn't realize so clearly was how important the Pogues were as in in terms of a crusade, in terms of Irish, not just music, but an Irish culture that needed to to be given the respect it deserved, you know, uh, and part of that being London London Irish culture, which was a very important part of London in the 50s, 60s, 70s, you know, um, 80s. It's not so visible now, but it was, you know, very clearly there, like, you know, the Jamaican London and Caribbean London, they were important parts of the soul of the city and um, to understand that that was something he consciously really was aware of and and saw the pogues as defining a new kind of focus of that was something that i admire deeply about him um, you know i was keen you know people not you know there are a huge number of pogues fans but there are a huge number of people who don't know who he is you know and if they do know who he is unfortunately it's sometimes the, you know the, the circus freak media you know how is this guy still alive thing it stops people getting beyond back to the music and the meaning of who this guy is and what his life has been about you know so i i wanted to show some of that element that people do treat him as a, a kind of um, freak of nature beyond the first and foremost and um try and make fun of that and um you know i i want to show that that exists as well as the the far more important things that shane's achieved you know
0: yeah i loved his line back to those people that uh, <laughs> he says if i wanted to be dead or if i had a death wish i would be dead you know i obviously yeah i mean the, I, still
1: here. that's what's quite nice about it that that whole aspect of the film they think they can take the piss out of him and they get savaged you know they then they're rightly put back in their box very quickly you know because he's yeah. got an endless supply of wit, you know, he's an Irish and he's Irish in the, the grand tradition of Irish literature, you know, some of the funniest writers, wittiest writers, obviously are Irish and um, he's, he's very much part of that in, in the English language
0: definitely and I was wondering what's your take on the current conversation around obviously it comes around every year now the the lyrics with fairy tale of New York it seems to be as people commented yesterday it's like Christmas it seems to be getting earlier every single year now or do you even pay attention to that kind of side of things
1: Uh, we didn't pay attention but we paid the we paid to have it kick off earlier this year to
0: coincide with the film (laughs) yeah it's a great piece of marketing fair play to you Give give that person a raise
1: we just asked them could they do it a couple of weeks earlier because we got the film coming out, you know. So,
0: and they they duly obliged. That was nice of them. <laughs> yeah. Um. In terms of the like, whenever the trailer came out and it got a brilliant reaction. Whenever we were talking about it and looking at it, and then some people were kind of shocked to see, uh, for example, Jerry Adams popping up in the trailer, and then other people obviously. Johnny Depp and these are guys who are obviously in the news for a variety of reasons and in terms of choosing them and and having them in there as because they're obviously friends of Shane McGowan's but what what was that kind of line of thinking and then um what about those people who might kind of question oh why why are those guys in there
1: well um you know it it, it sprung from the uh, the reason that Shane was refusing to do interviews himself you know to camera and uh you know, the idea of a conversation was a way of trying to get stuff that was useful for the film to tell his story, but in a more relaxed way with people he was comfortable with, were friends of his, but would also show a different aspect of Shane in each situation. I mean, I think he's very different with Johnny Depp, you know, old buddies drinking in a bar, to Jerry Adams, who he has obviously a different relationship to, uh to Bobby Gillespie where you see the more aggressive side of Shane uh so you know I think it was good to try and choose the ones that we went for obviously he had, he, Shane had to be you know up for talking to them um and they were suggested by Shane's friends um obviously Johnny was producing the film so that was that was clear but um uh you know, they, they were brought to us as, as uh, possibilities. So we did them and used the ones that were, were interesting in the film, you know, because to shed light on Shane really was the, because he is very multifaceted as a, as a person, which, you know, is one of the reasons he's been able to write so many great songs. He's, he's, he's got many perspectives on things and on himself and, um, and on other people, you know, that shift and change and uh, make him very complex and fascinating.
0: Uh, most definitely
1: songs you know
0: mm-hmm. which
1: are very simple but very deep at the same time
0: and uh just to to pretty much wrap up here because i know your your time is is almost done i don't want to keep you too much longer yeah um <clears throat> the doc documentary uh as i said is is great and very enjoyable and uh fingers crossed it obviously performs uh well once it's released but i was wondering do you ever see the possibility of a an actual biopic for the story of Shane because obviously it's such a fascinating story in terms of uh, somebody actually playing him and 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 uh, telling his his life story as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think Victoria is planning to try and do that, but um, I agree. You know, um, the problem is finding someone who's believable as Shane McGowan because he's um, definitely out there on the spectrum of one. You know, um, <clears throat> I don't, you know, it, it's a. It, it, I I think you know a film like this is definitely um, you know augmented or you know they work as a kind of double act if you could have a drama and you could cast the right guy so it really is believable Um, then then they work really great together in a way I mean I I just hope this film does get into cinemas in Ireland because I I do think it is a, a crowd film where you want people together experiencing it and maybe even singing along and doing you know just being together laughing together rather than this lockdown thing of just everything on on the zoom and um netflix and stuff you know
0: i know well that friend who texts me about that gig he snuck into in the late 90s i'll definitely go and see it with him if they get the cinemas back open anyway
1: yeah people should see it together especially in ireland you know because um they'll get it hopefully in ireland they'll like it i i hope
0: thanks a million again for taking the time and congratulations on the documentary and best luck with everything else that's coming up forward well i'll keep an eye out for future casting possibilities and sure we might get you on you might see a guy
1: on this on the street you know in the gutter maybe you might find someone (laughs)